You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Let's say hello to a great friend of the program, Andy Hart, Patriots.com radio, Patriots football weekly. Check out their tremendous audio content on the Patriots team channel here on TuneIn. Andy, thanks for taking the time. Well, you know the stat. The Patriots have given up 95 points in three games, the most to start a year with Bill Belichick as the head coach. Beyond the numbers, how serious are the defensive issues? I think they're pretty serious. I know a lot of Patriots fans are sort of uh, hoping or falling back on that, you know, this defense always gets better and improves over the course of the year. Um, and I, I think that's probably true. You know, with the coaching, the veteran leadership, I expect they'll get there. But where is there? Is there competitive middle of the road or is there good enough to win a championship? And, you know, we have to remember this is a team that led the NFL in points a year ago. And maybe this schedule's harder. Maybe the coaching's going to be better, so that's an unrealistic goal. But the bottom line is you faced a rookie quarterback with a bad offense coming in, and you allowed him to put up 33 points, and you allowed him to throw for 300 yards, and you allowed him to look like a veteran passer. And I think that's where the concern is. Why is the back end of this defense as bad as it is right now when you have three pro bowlers in Devin McCourty, Malcolm Butler, Stephon Gilmore? You have you know, five or six veterans that you think are starting caliber players when you bring in guys like Patrick Chung and Deron Harmon. Why is it so bad right now? And the answer to that is, you know, is the, is the solution. It's, it's Matt Patricia and Bill Belichick figuring it out if it's just communication, um, you know, which has been an issue. Is it technique, which has been an issue on some um, – they've had some bunch formations and some pick routes that were an issue that they've tried to clean up. You know, there's – there's a variety of, of answers to the, to the question, but right now um, it's a surprise with how bad they are. There's no doubt about that. It is a major surprise, and I think it starts in the back end with that veteran secondary. Will Tom Brady be able to continue this, this Tom terrific type performance every week considering how bad this defense is and knowing that he and Brandon Cooks have looked like they found a level of chemistry that allows them to be able to perform the way they did in this last game? Can he last throughout the year, considering how bad it's been when it comes down to the defensive side of the football? Well, certainly the, the question about lasting will be about physicality. And, you know, the Texans have a great defensive front. They beat him up a little bit this week. He admitted he was sore. And, you know, Mr. TB12 method and drink water and eat avocado doesn't often admit that he's sore. He was sore this week. Um, so that's, that's a concern. But obviously you don't face J.J. Watt and Jadevian Clowney, Whitney Merciless every week. Um, in terms of scoring points, yeah, I think they're going to score a ton of points. I think this is what they are. They're a pass-first offense, which they've always been, but they're a pass-first offense that has big play guys. I mean, you got Brandon Cooks averaging over 25 yards a catch through three games. Only has 10 catches, but he's making plays, and he's making plays for other people. You know, Chris Hogan found himself wide open, in part because the defense was focused on Brandon Cooks, and Hogan ends up with a 47-yard touchdown crossing the field. You have Rob Gronkowski looking like Gronk. I mean, he gave everybody a scare in New Orleans with the groin injury. But two weeks in a row, you look up, and he's making plays with the game on the line. He's kicking guys off of him. You know, they're throwing. He's one-on-one in the end zone, touchdown every week, almost regardless of who, who covers him. Um, you know, they, they kick-start the drive to win the game, and who is it? Gronk. You know, two straight catches. I think it was second and 18 or something like that. After a penalty, they go to Gronk twice in a row, move the sticks, get things going. So, yeah, I think they have the passing game and the weapons, if they stay healthy, to put up a ton of points, and that's what it's going to be. This is, 
this is old school Peyton Manning where, yeah, your defense ranks at the bottom of the league in points allowed, ranks in the bottom of the league in, in yards allowed. When you touch the ball, you better be moving it and scoring points because the other team's going to be doing that often too. There's a lot of pressure there, but certainly Tom Brady can handle the pressure and he has the weapons to get the job done, I think. He's Cordell Stewart. I'm Brian Weber chatting with Andy Hart from Patriots.com Radio, Patriots Football Weekly. Andy Cordell and I just went through our power rankings in the last hour. It's not only good radio, it's the law. Where would you slot the Patriots among the best teams in the league after three games? You know, I, I think they have to be a top-five team. Um, you know, they, you look at what they've done. Do they have holes? Sure. Do they have weaknesses? Sure. You know, did they lose a game at home? Sure. But they were leading that game in, after the third quarter. You know, they had a bad fourth quarter. It fell apart. Um, their defense has questions, but they still have an elite offense, and I still think they have more talent on defense than they've shown so far. You know, not just that back end, but you're going to get Dante Hightower back. You're going to play better up front. Allen Branch hasn't played all that well. Um, so, you know, when I look across the league, Kansas City, do they deserve to be number one? Maybe. Um, do I think they're going to be there at the end of the year? Do I think they're a great team that can continue to lean on a rookie running back to, you know, put up 200 yards a week, essentially, of, of total offense? No. Do I believe in Alex Smith and Andy Reid? No. Um, Atlanta deserves to be there, in my opinion, in that mix coming off a of Super Bowl. But they should have lost in Chicago. You know, if Chicago catches the ball at the goal line, the Falcons have a loss on their record in Chicago, and that's not a great loss to have. Um, certainly the, the Raiders did not look good this week. Um, so there are teams that, you know, the Packers were, were scared to death of Andy Dalton and the Bengals at home, much like the Patriots were with Houston. So um, I think there's a bunch of, you know, four or five teams that are the four or five best teams in football that are all flawed and are, are, are all sort of holding their breath early in the year to put together wins to put themselves in position to play better later in the year and put themselves in position to, to go to the playoffs on a roll. So if I put the Patriots anywhere, I'd probably say number three. Good job, man. That's why I had them. So you, you must have saw my notes or whatever. But good job because, I mean, they, everything that, that they've been able to do or let's just say not be able to do, they counteracted with something special by being able to have a few seconds or minutes on the clock to be able to finish strong. But what does Bill Belichick have under his sleeve to try to get these, these issues corrected so that teams don't continue to score on this defense or offensively even though they – they found a way to get it done by using other players, but if they end up losing someone else, will he have enough tricks up his sleeve to make it work? He always has tricks up his sleeve, even though he often goes sleeveless. I mean, this is a guy that's seen it all. And, you know, defensively, I don't know that there has to be a magic cure. Um, they just need to play Patriots defense. And, you know, the tenets of Patriots defense are stop the run, don't allow big plays, tackle well, when, when a guy catches one at 11 yards, make sure you tackle him at 11 yards and that he doesn't end up at 17 or 20. They haven't done any of those things well so far. So it's almost like, and it's weird saying getting back to fundamentals because it's so early in the season, but get back to fundamentals. Get back to Devin McCourty. Make sure you're the deepest man on the field and no one gets behind you because too many times so far, guys have gotten behind him. Um, you know, as I said, it's it tackle well up front. They had guys... And I know Deshaun Watson's a slippery guy and he's a great athlete, but they missed a lot of tackles, and that led to some plays for the Texans. Um, you know, offensively, I think they have a lot of confidence in their weapons. Um, you know, they, they get a guy like Deion Lewis, who's basically been a non-factor so far, and to the point where I think he's a little upset with his role, and 
people are wondering, are they, you know, is this a guy they could trade to get a defensive end? But he's a weapon that hasn't really even been used yet. Um, and, and, you know, they have these options to turn to that when you have Rob Gronkowski and, and Brandon Cooks, everyone else sort of slots in after that. You're talking about two guys that are elite weapons. Now, you're right. If you lose one of those, maybe you start to question things. But I think they believe they're going to run the ball better at some point with Mike Gillisley, who has been, you know, nonproductive at this point. Um, so I think they feel like they have options to turn to. And, and Belichick's whole theory, and, and Brady says this all the time, is, is put yourself in position. And that's what I would get back to. You're two and one. You haven't played well on defense, but you're two and one. You have a ta- uh, Carolina team coming to, to Gillette this week that is certainly beatable. They're two and one, but you know they're banged up. They get a lot of injuries. They haven't played well offensively so far. Uh, you know you certainly are the favorite to win that game. If you pile up wins early in the year, and we've all seen this over the years, if you go three and one, and then you're four and two or five and two, and getting better each week then you've put yourself in position to compete for a number one seed, home field advantage in the playoffs. And we know if playoffs go through Gillette, that's a hard place to play, and their record at Gillette. So there will certainly be no panic from, from Belichick and Brady because they've been down this road so many times before. It's just about getting by at this point, and they got by on Sunday. Bill said it. Bill said a couple things go differently. That game turns out differently, but they didn't. You came away with the three-point win. You put that in the bank, and you use it later in the year. Andy, last one for me. We know that Bill Belichick typically sticks to football in public settings, didn't say much about his friendship with Donald Trump during the campaign, beyond validating that relationship. So were you surprised, based on the statement that Belichick released with, I thought, a thoughtful summary of the importance of diversity and what it's meant throughout his coaching career? No, I, I, he. this is a very interesting situation, I think, with Robert Kraft, Bill Belichick, and Tom Brady and their relationship with, with President Trump. And certainly the, the issue between the NFL and Trump has just blown up over the last week plus because of Trump and the way he handled things at that rally. Um, but Bill Belichick, the guy that over the I mean, he has a great relationship with Jim Brown from his time in Cleveland. And he has a lot of respect for Jim Brown and what he has done. And Bill Belichick has visited prisons with Jim Brown. And I mean, he has done a lot of things behind the scenes that, you know, no one's aware of, but he is. He's a pretty interesting and diverse coach who's seen a lot over the years, even though he doesn't often let us in sort of to that world. Um, So I'm not surprised. And, I mean, the reality is that the NFL is diverse. I mean, these these locker rooms are diverse. You have guys coming from all corners of the country, you know, different religions, obviously race, different races. But, you know, there's so much that goes on in there. And when you talk about a man who's been around that for 40 years, so, you know, 40 years, 50 guys a year, that's a lot of guys he's crossed paths with and issues he's dealt with and fights and, and relationships and, and just everything. So, you know, I, he understand, I think that the tough part for him is balancing the issues that are important to the society he lives in, important to his players as citizens, in trying to balance that with team first, there's nothing more important than winning football games. Um, because those things, I think, are, are sort of, at odds right now you know what's more important for Devin McCourty is it to be a citizen and to be an active member of society or is it more important for him to focus on football and the Carolina Panthers and the task at hand and I think you saw that last week across the NFL I think you saw a lot of football players who a lot of emotion and a lot of focus was 
spent in an area other than their job and, and football and on field. And I think that's understandable, but I think that's a problem these coaches find themselves in is trying to balance um, their players being citizens and, and getting their players to be football players and do the job. So, and I think that's sort of what Belichick's statement was all about, and it'll be interesting to see how the Patriots handle it this week. There's already been a report that every single Patriot is going to stand for the anthem this week, which was not the case last week. They had some guys kneeling, some guys standing arm in arm. Um, it'll be interesting to see if there is um, sort of a unified front on the sidelines at Gillette Stadium this week. Andy, as always, we appreciate the information. Thanks for the visit. And hopefully you did not have to pay $5 for tap water at Gillette Stadium on Sunday. <laughs> I did not. Luckily, they didn't run out in the press box. But uh, what a crazy story that was. No, I mean, uh, it's, it's like one thing after another. And all you want to focus on is football, but all these other things seem to get in the way. Well, there are advantages to hanging out in the press box. The downside, as you know, media members complaining about their career. Thank you, Andy. We'll chat with you next week. <laughs> all right. See you guys. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on TuneIn. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on TuneIn.